Back to a 500 record, Indiana football looks to move one step closer to bowl eligibility with a noon road game Saturday uh, afternoon uh, at Rutgers in uh, Piscataway, New Jersey. Hey everybody, what's up? I'm Stu Jackson, your host of Heard on the Hoosier. Uh, my colleague, as always with me, is Sam Bysizen, who does football and uh, a little bit of everything on the side for us um, at thehoosier.com. And uh, Sam, there's really not much to Rutgers. I mean, I mean, I, I, I was just going to say, does it, is it too soon for that? Does it, does it, does it feel unfair? Because I mean, even in the beat writer Q and a that, uh, our Jordan Wells put together, um, you know, the, 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 you know, our, our colleague who runs the Rutgers site said there's not many NFL caliber players, at least from this senior class for Rutgers. Um, you know, they're at the bottom of the league in total offense Second worst in total defense. Uh, special teams has been be, shaky behind only Purdue for the yeah for the defense and the special teams. I mean, it there there's not much to this Rutgers team uh, that's kind of experiencing some uh, growing pains, I guess if that's the right word under first year head coach Chris Ash, who came over from Ohio State. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm just gonna be honest. I mean, nobody gets excited about about Rutgers. I mean, they're two um, and six. Yeah, it, it's just it's Rutgers. People don't for whatever reason we don't we don't care much about the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. But I think Indiana should care about the Rutgers Scarlet Knights because joking aside, this is a program that went to nine bowls in a ten year stretch between twenty fourteen and two thousand five. So I guess the first year they were in the Big Ten, that was their last year riding that nine of ten streak, which is ridiculous. I mean, I mean what, what, what was the conference they were in before they they, they joined the they Big were in the, Ten? They were in the American in 2013, but they were in the Big East the previous, uh, like, forever. So, I, I, mean, it, I mean, is it fair to say it's kind of taken them quite some time to sort of get used to the level of competition in Big Ten play, something that they probably didn't face in the Big East or the American Conference? Perhaps. I, I don't think it's even as much that being the case. I, I just think Rutgers – was in rebuilding mode uh, in 2015 after I mean they went this is they went like 8 and 5 in 2014 when they went to the Quick Lanes Bowl I want to say or maybe it was the Pinstripe Bowl one of those two uh, Kyle Flood had this team rolling until Kyle Flood <laughs> rolled himself off the deep end and got suspensions and eventually got fired Chris Ash comes in this I mean this is a historically good football program just over the last better part of 15 years that has had just terrible struggles and it doesn't help that the basketball program is it's garbage uh the baseball program is is, is garbage most programs i mean are i think even garbage. their men's soccer program is, is at the bottom of the big 10 they are now but men's soccer uh is another historic power men's soccer i think okay. i think rutgers men's soccer finished third in the big 10 a year ago uh, but sure. they they lost their leading score to graduation. Right. That's a different story. Yeah. Uh, Rutgers, I mean, it's a historically talented program that at one point won five consecutive bowls and was feeling it. It's just kind of falling on hard times. And now we're staring at a two and six Rutgers team that comes uh, needing to win four consecutive games to become bowl eligible. That's not going to happen. Chris Ash knows that. But he comes from Ohio State. He was the defensive coordinator over there. He knows what he's doing. It's very weird that Maryland had Michigan's defensive coordinator. Now Rutgers has Ohio State's defensive coordinator. So I mean, it, but those moves kind of make sense, though, if you they think do. about it. I mean, because those are, um, you know, perennially established powers in the Big Ten. 
And if and if you're a football program in the Big Ten that's trying to start over, start from scratch, or wants someone who knows their way around the league, what what better coaching staffs to look at, quite honestly, than Michigan and Ohio State? Then go get Harbaugh and Urban Meyer's guy. Yeah, no, I – we're, we're looking at a team that's in the rebuilding process. I do think Rutgers is going to be phenomenal for the Big Ten Conference when they return to form. But as Chris Ash was talking about earlier this week, Indiana is the team that Rutgers has to knock off. Indiana is the team that's holding Rutgers' spot right now as that, like, between sixth and ninth best Big Ten team. So Rutgers has to leapfrog teams like Indiana to kind of restore its uh, dignity. And well, and, and even, like, you know, even try to scrape the surface of maybe a a a five and seven season, if that. I mean, the yeah. bare bare minimum for for eligibility. I mean, they've still got Michigan left on the schedule, and we all know how that game's going to go. Right. It's it's a Rutgers team that I, I a lot of people make fun of. I do think it's a good program. Uh, it will be a good program. There's a bunch of talent in New Jersey. That's a there's some talented kids in that area, and Notre Dame doesn't exactly go over there. Michigan doesn't. It's just far enough out there where I think these Big Ten schools that they compete against, the Iowas, the Michigans, I know these are sometimes national recruiting scene schools, but they don't look over there, quite frankly, first and foremost. I think Rutgers, if they can kind of get it together, I do think Chris Ash is a good coach. I think he's the right guy for now. Uh, This is a great starting point for him because this is his first head coaching job. I do think there's potential there, but we're going on a Rutgers tangent here. Indiana plays Rutgers. Rutgers isn't very good right now. Right. And it, that's where this, we're going. I was just going to say, this is, this is really big picture stuff right now with Rutgers. Um, you know, basically, you know, long story short, they've fallen on hard times as a football program after experiencing pretty much a, a, almost a decade of, of successful bowl runs and, and whatnot. So uh, let's kind of talk immediate picture here. Yeah. Um, they seem to really be keying in on this – uh, Wildcat, Wild Bacon, you know, everybody's got a favorite nickname for this package featuring Xander Diamant and Tyler uh, Nati. Um, I think uh, one of the IU uh, coaching staff members uh, suggested Surf and Girth as a nickname, Ooh. which the, I'm personally a big fan of. may have to redo the poll I ran after that one. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, the point is, you know, it, it was a, a gimmick for Indiana that worked really well against uh, – Against Maryland, or I guess I wouldn't call it a gimmick so much as a wrinkle to what, 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 what they were already doing. Anyway, um, they're keying in on it. I mean, it was I th- it was one of the first, probably within the first five questions, uh, Ash was asked in his you know weekly meeting with the media. Um, you know what what seems to be the the uh, the conversation uh, in New Jersey about this uh, this specialty package that Indiana's offense has. I think they're just as weirded out. Uh, confused, if you will, as Indiana was. I mean, Rutgers had a week to prepare for an extra week to prepare. They were on a bye last week. So I'm sure they were doing some self-scouting in that first week. But then they're looking at Indiana. And they see Indiana's coming off a pretty substantial win against Maryland. Uh, And Chris Ash looks at Indiana as a program that he wants to be. That's kind of – he sees Kevin Wilson establishing the program in six years, and he says, that sounds fun. I can do that. Uh, but again, that's bigger picture stuff again. But yeah, I, he Chris Ash said that Indiana looks like they're playing with a lot of confidence. Of course, the defense is kind of the biggest change he said he's seen in them because he's familiar with Indiana. But yeah, he, he kind of sounded like 
he just didn't understand what was going on. You know, you get two different two different running backs, two different quarterbacks. I think he called every one of them a running back at one point, including Richard Lego. So it's all kinds of confused. But the only thing he can do, and he said this, and Maryland, I'm sure, was trying to do this, is get all of his guys prepared as, as prepared as possible to understand, okay, 21, that's the thrower. That's Richard Lego. Uh, 12, he's the scrambler. He might throw it. He probably won't. And then the T, who's what, 34? 31. 31. He's just the big guy. He ain't going to throw it. He's got to run into him. And he's explaining that. Everybody knows that now. There's going to be no surprises. It's just going to be interesting. I mean, he's a smart cookie. You don't, you don't coach for Urban Meyer if you're a dummy. You know, that's not how that works. So he, he clearly knows how to coach up a defense. Does he have the talent to stop it? We'll find out. But this is going to be Indiana's first big test against it. Uh, I was just going to say, absolutely. I mean, it's it's going to be a uh, you know, first chance to see uh, what this – package looks like when an opponent's had a week to prepare for it will indiana add any more new wrinkles i mean you know you were you and i were both there monday at uh, iu head coach kevin wilson's weekly media availability uh, you know talking about the sustainability of it i mean it certainly seems sustainable especially when you're going against a uh, rutgers defense that coached by a former ohio state defensive that is coached by a former ohio state defensive coordinator and Chris Ash, who even with some future NFL players on his defense, still couldn't prevent an IU offense from scoring less than, you know, 40 points in, in right. some instances in some of those games against Ohio State, but um, when he was still there. so yeah, I mean, And Rutgers' defense is hurt. Let's give them credit. Everybody's true. hurt because they put they've they've what they've had they've I mean they've had so many different starting uh, linebackers this season. They haven't like, had any right? consistency. It's yeah, impossible. It, the, yeah, that's kind of been the buzzword is just uh, consistency or, or lack thereof. I should yeah. say. Um, yeah, just dealing with injuries. It, it's a uh, it's you know tough for for that group and you know that that's you know a big reason not entirely the reason but a pretty big part of, of why they've kind of struggled and found themselves at the bottom of the conference. No doubt, because you, if you're Chris Ash, you can scheme and yell and fix things as much as you can. But if you got a rotating panel of linebackers coming in there, a rotating panel of defensive backs, Will Likely is still hurt. Uh, not Will Likely, I'm sorry. Uh, not, <laughs> I'm thinking a week ago. Uh, their, their safety, their version of Will Likely is hurt. It's They're in trouble. They just don't have anything. It's going to come down to Julian Pinnock's Ordrick. God, I can never say that name. Uh, the, the pass rusher that they've got. Julian Pinnock's Odrick. Yeah, there that, you go. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Uh, good, good dude. I talked to him at a uh, Big Ten Media Day. In I'm, just gonna call him, I'm just gonna call him JPO. JPO. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he is kind of the only consistent factor on that entire Rutgers defense right now. He gets after your quarterback. He'll, he'll mess him up a little bit. I, I think he'll be kind of the key to getting in the backfield, slowing down this Wildcat package. Because the quickest way to slow down a Wildcat package is to just sack that quarterback before he can hand off the ball or decide what he wants to do with it. I think that'll be a big thing. It'll just be interesting to see how Kevin Wilson. You know what does he do to this this offense? Because I've heard both ways. Wilson seemed like it was, yeah, we can keep doing it, but then he was like, no, we can't do it. Uh, the players seemed like it was. Most of them thought they could do it, except for Jacob Bailey. Jacob Bailey was kind of like, Meh. well, he's a, he, Jacob Bailey's a really smart dude too. Yeah, I can't remember who was it you interviewed who said that if they were to nominate one of their everybody. teammates for, for president, it would be Jacob. Bailey. Everybody, it was pretty much everybody. It's, I mean, I've. I, I mean, that's from the the eleven questions series, and one of the questions is: There you go. If you could elect one of your teammates president, who would it be? Everybody keeps saying Jacob Bailey. He's a smart, smart kid. So when Jacob Bailey says something like, "I don't know if this offense is sustainable," not necessarily those exact mm-hmm. words. That's but yeah, clarify that's not a direct quote. But 
essentially that you know you listen that he's not sure you know just how often they'll use it in the future yeah exactly you you listen i guess give us a little more insight what you know what was uh, jacob bailey who is a a fifth year uh, senior offensive lineman uh, filled in for right guard for dan Mm -hmm. feeney when he was out with the concussion he did what's uh you know what what kind of insight did he give you on that he was talking about how this has been something that's been around since trey roberson was here they had a lot of these plays in the book already uh, so imagine this offense being run with Trey Roberson and Nate Sudfeld. Imagine it being run with Trey Roberson and Tevin Coleman. That's what, they're, that's what they were doing. At some point, somewhere, these plays were in with different people that would look a lot funnier now. Sure. Uh, and so it's been here for five years. His, his big thing was basically more or less saying teams are smart, and the second they figure something out, they're going to key in on it, and they're going to take it away. It's just every week that happens to, to one way or another. That's why after Ricky Jones got 206 yards in week whatever, four, he had like two catches the next week. It's not sustainable. Well, the second you get something going, Nick Westbrook's been that way. Nick Westbrook has quietly been kind of shut down at times this year when he's keyed in on. That's just the nature of the ball game. He was saying it sounded more like Richard Lego has to get involved this week. You have to just keep flip-flopping. You got to trust Rich Lego to kind of throw the ball, get it spread a little bit. Because, you, I mean, you no matter what Indiana uses or how deep it goes into its playbook, I mean, again, maybe for one week it works, but again, as far as sustainability goes, I mean, there's nothing you can come up with that will forever hide some of the accuracy issues that Richard Lego has had this season. And that's what it's just covering it and, yeah. and not letting it burn you. I don't know if it's sustainable. I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think you can keep doing it. I don't it. think it is either. I mean, the, the the more frequently they use it, the more film opposing teams have on it, and the more likely they are to, as Jacob Bailey says, key in on it and, and figure out how to stop it. So. Um, you know, really difficult to, uh, again, sustain something that was as wildly popular as the uh, Wild Bacon package was. But let, let's get to uh, maybe the, the results and maybe what each of these teams uh, need to do to get the result they desire. Uh, but I guess for starters, I mean, is this a game that Rutgers can actually win? I mean, we, we kind of talked about this before, uh, before the podcast or before the show that um, you, you thought that Basically, Indiana shouldn't be overlooking Rutgers for as as much as you know they're as they are statistically being one of the worst teams. There, there's still some concern for IU. The reason why I think that potentially Rutgers might be able to win is the quarterback change. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name again: Gio Reschigno. 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 What a the, he's a third year sophomore. Uh, who I believe had a hamstring. He injury. replaced uh, Chris Laviano. Yes, he did. He did. Two, uh, beginning two weeks ago, I think he was actually named a starter officially last time out okay. when Rutgers went toe to toe with Minnesota, lost thirty four thirty two. He's been pretty dynamic, a dual threat guy. Can do a little bit of a little bit of everything. I've been told it, it looks like he's more of a passer. Yeah. I think uh, maybe the receivers have also played better, but yeah, he the. If he can just limit turnovers, because he, he'll throw them away. He'll fumble. He'll do something. If he can be a game manager and not lose the game, knowing that Indiana's defense hasn't looked stellar the last two weeks, I think he can make them hang around. Because this Rutgers defense is capable of shutting down Indiana, because I think everybody's capable of shutting down Indiana at this point. The, the offense just hasn't been that good. Uh, it's just going to come down to whether or not he, I think he can make make the play. And That's so cliche. But can he make the plays? Can he make winning plays? Can he mess around and really 
just control Indiana's offense for a little, or de- I'm sorry, defense for a little bit and get Rutgers rolling. If they do and they get confidence, we saw the same Rutgers program beat Indiana last year by coming down, down 25. Down 25 at one point. If you can do that, you you can come back. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just amazing to me how productive uh, you know the Rutgers offense was with the quarterback change, especially considering that Minnesota is one of the top three teams in the in the Big Ten West. Mm-hmm. I would argue. I mean, I you know, I've they're right this. there. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're right there. So yeah, I mean them, uh, Iowa. Um, I mean, who else would you throw in that cat? I mean, they're they're Nebraska. right. Nebraska. Oh, definitely Nebraska. Them, Iowa, Nebraska. I I mean, they're right there. It's they're right there. So I mean, I, and I guess maybe for a little more context, I mean, just just how productive was this Rutgers offense uh, from a numbers standpoint beyond the scoreboard? I should say, um, when they switched switched things over at, at the quarterback position. Oh, I forgot about Wisconsin and Northwestern. Oh yeah. That's pretty. They're pretty deep over in the West. Yeah, Asia. Minnesota might be fifth. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, just completely, it's just turnaround. I mean, for them to, they were shut out against Ohio State and Michigan, but for them to score thirty-four points, I think they only scored seven on Illinois. Like, it's just not. It hasn't been a productive Rutgers team for them to score thirty-two points or whatever it was last week or two weeks ago. That was. It's a big change. I don't think it's necessarily reason for Indiana to be concerned. I just, I just don't think they should laugh this one off because if they lose then they're in trouble you know and mm-hmm. the Rutgers beat writer uh over at the Rutgers rival site uh which I believe is called scarletnation.com Bobby I'm gonna say his name wrong I have too many hard last names today uh, Bobby Duran Darren uh, he picked Rutgers to win this week over Indiana and he has not picked Rutgers to win sec- except for I think Howard earlier this year you, well, you know, and I mean, again, I don't blame him, uh, considering that uh, Rutgers had probably its most um, competitive loss of the season. I hate to use that because it sounds like a moral victory. <laughs> competitive <but> loss. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Like closest yeah. loss, I guess, would be more yeah. accurate. I mean, you know, least hum- humiliating defeat, maybe. I don't know. Uh, that or they, Iowa, they kept up with Iowa too. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, a, a two point loss to Minnesota. They put up. What was it? Uh, where's the summary here? They put up 372 yards of total offense to Minnesota's 399. So they only lost the yardage battle by 27. So clearly something was clicking. Uh, something made a difference. Um, you know, the, the Rutgers' new quarterback, Resigno, uh, threw three Resigno, touchdowns. Resigno, that's how you probably say yeah, it. Yeah, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, it really, it, it was truly unbelievable what this offense accomplished when it switched over quarterbacks, which, I mean, I think that was kind of talked about for a while as a change that was going to be made or likely to be made, um, at least just from what, what I was reading about it. Sure. So At the same time, I don't think Indiana's going to lose. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, as much as, uh, you know, we're giving Rutgers credit here for, for you know, their – Turnaround before their bye week. Uh, it's it's a team that should have Indiana's attention, but with you know the re- rebirth of the offense, so to speak, but shouldn't be of dire concern right, compared I, to like the Michigan State's, Penn State's, Ohio State's right, of the conference. I, I got Indiana winning this week, thirty-one twenty-one. I, I do think that Rutgers will scare Indiana a little bit, but I, I just think the Hoosiers are better. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Indiana in in this one too. I think I. Um, 
42 to 10 in, you, my, in my prediction. You do. So I, I'll stick with that. Um, I think even even with the change of quarterback and for as good as Rutgers offense played prior to the bye week, and even with the, um, you know, I mean, the bye week really didn't do that much, really, I think, in terms of prepping for this offense that Indiana had because they saw it the Saturday before they began their began prepping for Indiana. So, you know, maybe extra two days. I don't know. Anyway. You never know. Uh, this, this is going to be a game that Indiana wins and gets them that much closer to uh, to bowl eligibility. And I don't know. Not, not really much more to it. It's, again, kind of already touched on pretty much everything that – that is Rutgers and what oh, yeah. made it the team it is to this point in the season. So uh, we'll uh, we'll have uh, plenty of coverage from uh, from Bloomington. This is a game that's uh, in New Jersey, I should clarify. But yeah, again, first one we're not going to this year. It's gonna be I said first row game. Yeah, but I mean, we'll st- again we'll still have plenty of coverage. We'll we'll do what we normally do, uh, just from the the comfort of our our couches in Bloomington and. Uh, and it'll be good. I mean, you can check out thehoosier.com or indiana.rivals.com for all of that. I mean, we've had some uh, pregame coverage throughout, spread out throughout the week. It's a busy weekend. It, it is a busy weekend. This is the busiest weekend of the year. Final exhibition game for IU basketball as well. The IU women open things up on uh, Sunday against U of, Uni- the University of Indianapolis. Men's, which men's is, soccer's got to be having a tournament game they coming do. up for the Big Ten. Yeah, that's the one that I'm, <laughs> I'm skipping the women's basketball. <laughs> Because uh, Indiana will be playing Northwestern at home, uh, Jerry Yeagley Field, Bill Armstrong Stadium, at uh, one o'clock. There we go. So, plenty of going on this this weekend. Be sure to check out thehoosier.com for all the latest IU football, basketball, and IU athletics news in general. Yeah, soccer, tennis, we got a little bit of everything. Yeah. So again, be sure to log on and uh, check that out. We will again have thorough coverage from this weekend's events. Thank you so much for listening to the latest edition of the Heard on the Hoosier podcast. Have a great one.